Recording? Yeah, your light is on. I can, when I talk, do you see my little bars go up? They do. They go up and down. And when you talk, I see your bars go up. Oh, that's cool. We are on. We are on. We are live from South by Southwest EDU. 2018. Nice. Thank you for coming. For joining us. We're at the Hilton Hotel, right? Yeah. The Hilton Austin downtown. Yeah. Across from the convention center. Right. Across from where we just were. Stuff was happening. <laughs> there was meta stuff. Tell them what happened. Oh my god! So we just came from one of our sessions that we ran. It was the podcasting for education meetup. Yes. And I don't think anyone has done an event like that at South by before. South by Edu. Not that I'm aware of. If they have, I haven't gone to it. People said they didn't know about it. That this was a new thing. Yeah. So, and so they had dead. so many questions. As soon as they walked in, they were like, "Okay, what what do we do?" Yeah, they, they people because came in. Because there were not enough chairs there was like for everyone 40 to people sit in. Who came in yeah. they, and they just they sat down, even though it was a meetup, thinking like, oh, were we going to present iteration to them? No. Right. So interesting. Number one, I wonder how the concept of a meetup has not, uh, you know, really maybe been explained or. or I thought more people would know what a like meetup was. Yeah, like well, kind of what to expect. Sure. There were chairs set out, so maybe people just thought. I was walking around Austin for like five hours and I just want to sit. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. I was satisfied. I was actually really impressed because I met the hosts of Lab Out Loud. It's a podcast I listened to from the National Science Teachers Association. Yes, that's the one that you told me to listen to with my son. Yeah, and I think Uh, I mentioned it Not too long ago, yeah. Oh, no, no. That's the Tumble podcast. Oh, both though, yeah. Right, right. This this one is for the adults in the room. Not that they cover adult stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. Lab Out Loud. Yeah, Dale yeah. and Brian, they, they have talked about sex education before and the science of that. Well, but, but that's I, the extent of it. kind of necessary somewhere after maybe third or fourth grade. This is true. We can have that conversation one day. <laughs> it's a whole they already thing had that conversation. For a whole nother day. No, but it was really cool meeting them and talking to other people with podcasts. But the majority of the people there, we asked the question in the beginning, how many of people here have a podcast, have a podcast? or we, have a favorite? Right, they raised their hands, but yes. it was only maybe like... Five. 20% of the room, yeah. something like that. About five five or six people. Something. Like people, yeah. a lot of people were in the beginning stages of it. Yes. I talked to, at the end, some elementary school teachers who want their kids right. to start podcasting. And they didn't come in with that idea, if I understood correctly. Uh, one, one did. And then spread the, it around. Yes. <laughs> it went viral. She's a good salesman. Yes. Right? yes. But it's such a, uh, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, that you can use podcasting to meet so many educational goals and yeah. standards. Yeah. There's a component of literacy. There's a component of math. There's a component of science, of technology. Even you can tie in social studies, arts. If you, all of the kids are working on that same project, mm-hmm then all of the teachers involved are only looking at maybe their component of it or grading their component of it, then a podcast that, say, takes three or four weeks to put together, you have, I don't know, 12, 15, 20 grades coming out of it per kid across content areas. How brilliant is that? It's yeah, easy. Yeah. It makes everyone's job easier. Well, it's not easy to do. Well, no, I'll, that, I'll take that. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of work in, in making I'll this podcast. I'll backpedal on that one. Okay. Like I, I did. So, so I, I did meet a lot of people who who were starting to do podcasts or they had already done podcasts, and they all agree that 
it is something they do on the side because nobody's like yes. making the huge big bucks in education podcasting no. right now. No. But they do love it. Yes, they do. They produce a lot of useful information. Mm-hmm. Going back to that table of educators who wanted to produce podcasts for kids, I spoke yes. to one of the guys, Jesus, and he was saying that they wanted to um, have their kids write out things to say first. Yes. So it was going to be a literacy you have to exercise. Have a script. Yep. And then they were going to record. And mm-hmm. I was asking him, huh, aren't there complexities in having little kids do podcasting? And I was wondering how that would go. So if he figures it out, I know. I, I hope to, they like, feel the secrets. I hope the people that came to our meetup stay in touch. And yeah. really let us know what their progress has been, what they're working on, how it's going, and then be able to share that with other educators as well. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked to, what, 30, 40 people in there today, and that's such a small sampling of what the, the larger education community looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. These cannot be the only people in America who want to do podcasting with their students. Mm. So... It, I, I think it could be really powerful, and I was really excited by it. Did you talk to anyone who had never done podcasting, and they were trying to find tips for starting? Yes, and so, well, some of them were those um, those elementary educators. Mm. Uh, when there was a woman who came in at the very beginning who wanted, she just wanted even brainstorming ideas. What are some podcasting episode ideas what do you even talk about how do you know what to talk about (laughs) how do you know who to have on there and so we had a pretty good conversation about that and I just kind of blew some examples by her that we have done and the other local uh, local podcasts have done as well yeah that would be a great opportunity to collaborate with English teachers I saw a lot of teachers from different disciplines too yes. over here it wasn't just engineering no um there was like people with expertise in film mm-hmm. and they teach that audiovisual stuff there was a high school principal oh really i didn't mean wants, yeah he's from her. he's uh, him yeah. he's from out of state and he wants um his communications teachers or his speech teachers yeah that makes to be sense. able to use podcasting as either a point of differentiation for that student who is super reluctant or really um, anxiety-ridden who really would very much struggle with getting up and speaking in front of a group of people. It could be a stepping stone. Exactly. But then we also talked about the idea that um, communication through electronic media happens still routinely on Mm -hmm. a daily basis. When you watch the nightly news, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. someone is sitting behind a desk looking at a camera telling you stories but still somehow making a connection with you and so it's sort of similar to podcasting only you know it's got the the visual aspect but you can make that connection even though you're not face to face with someone and and he thought that that was a pretty good point and you know pretty powerful and he hopes to to kind of take that back to his staff and say let's think about this as a, a solid component of our curriculum. Yeah. Now, coming back to those higher level questions, not the technology stuff right now, right. it reminded me of, of one guy, I forget his name, but he was from the It Gets Better project. Mm-hmm. And he was there to try to find out, should they create podcasts by and for you know high schoolers oh, and kids I who are in the LGBT queer community? And he was trying to find out, because he, he said it like this. He's like, oh, his boss is super interested in this. He himself, a little skeptical. Interesting. Because he's trying to find out, is there really something there? Right. And he wanted to know, are there podcasts 
by kids already or for these different communities? What are the pitfalls? What are the struggles? They already have a big presence on YouTube, on video, where kids already are. Right. And so we had a really good conversation about that. I was saying that it seems to me video is more well-developed as a community. Something like YouTube, you can search for anything, whether it's like... LGBT community videos for kids or for for teens or I want to learn about physics or something. You can find exactly. it so easily and it'll suggest, it'll based recommend on, videos based exactly. on what you've seen right. or what you like. Based on these results right. or what you just watched. Mm-hmm. Podcasts, there aren't as much of those technologies out. Not sure. yet. It's Not getting yet. there. And so I was telling them, like, if you create a new podcast for, like, a very targeted audience, it might be hard to... To get it's in known. the marketing. It's in the stretching. The you know how do yeah. you let other people know about it? Where do you host it? Right. How does you know how does the word get spread? Essentially. And educators aren't going to have lots and lots of time to do that. No. They're already stretched. Thin. Exactly. And every single podcaster I met there, though, they were doing it because they loved it. Like, yeah. uh, shout out to Dale and Ryan. I don't know if they're listening to this. They probably aren't, but. <laughs> I, I learned that, you know, they're doing their podcast through the NSTA, but the NSTA kind of is, it sounded like to me, it was kind of like a sponsor. They, mm-hmm. the NSTA has the name and everything, but sure. like Dale and Brian, they're doing the yeah, work. They're, they're getting all the, the guests. They're deciding yeah. what's going in there and it takes right, a lot of time. Yeah. I'm sure the National Science Teachers Association is not providing the two of them a staff or a healthy budget. I mean, maybe they, I or, don't want to presume too yeah, much. About yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, if they're doing it because they're passionate about it There's and because they love it, it. That's what I mean, yeah. Then, yeah. There's another woman, Megan. She was, uh, she's creating a podcast right now and I forget the name. It's hashtag generations or something like that. Okay. But she's has access to all these university professionals because she's in that community and she's trying to do a podcast about social science research essentially okay. on the different generations millennials all the way to like yeah. the oldest generations and I haven't heard of a podcast like that before Mm-mm. she's super inspired by Freakonomics and she wants to clarify the misconceptions we uh, like different generations have about each other oh and it break sounds, down those barriers yeah, good it, for it's her super interesting they have yeah. books coming out and everything but she was saying the same thing she has no time she doesn't sleep she has her real job of doing research and yeah. then she has this and then sh- this is the right. side gig kind of like what yeah. this is right now we're doing it outside this of sounds our, like a very familiar stuff. story yes so uh, anyone who is thinking about doing a podcast i and anyone at that meetup that we did i I want to keep on saying how much it's awesome and how I love it. I must have said I love it to so many people, but you have to go in with what is it? Clear eyes, wide eyes. Like you have to know eyes what you're getting open. into it. Yeah, exactly. What, what's going to go into it? And there's a lot more work than you might expect. Yeah. And so when you bring it into the classroom, I think it's awesome if you already have that AV expert. I I, I didn't speak to the teachers so much on the corner of the room that was talking about mm-hmm. using podcasts to teach your kids, but I know that they were thinking about like these issues of of how to teach your kids the details of podcasting, how yes. much time do you spend on getting well, software. It, if you don't know, so for me, I don't know what I don't know about podcasting. So I would end up, you know, I, I would think through the details and I would have as much of it planned out as possible. But then I guarantee you I would hit a snag somewhere. Mm-hmm. Either I don't 
uh, know how to use the proper editing software or I would hear about editing editing software and then find out whoopsies it's not free or right. <laughs> right, whatever right. it happens to be yeah and um, then it's first semester and you already have to get it going or something yeah the thing that they would tell us in our engineering class was like if you're an engineering teacher and you oftentimes have to learn new tools and software or yes, concepts new skills you, you just have to trust quote unquote <laughs> that you are learning with the students yes and it could be that podcasting in the classroom is a similar thing. It's a technology, it's a, it's an art form, but maybe you're learning with the students when you do that, and maybe I, that's okay. I think so. I, I think it's a certain I, I mean, kind of I teacher who has to be okay with that. I mean, I think you would just have to understand that that is going to occur. Okay. And be, yes, Right now, maybe not it. in the future, but... Just be right with it. Maybe it teaches you about failure. <laughs> <laughs> about design, all the same things that we do in engineering, actually. Yes. Just with a different kind of product. Exactly. That's really neat. Well, your your engineering outcomes. Yeah. yeah. Your engineering um, learning. Yeah. In a different style. Would you? Is there is there a podcast topic that you would be interested in listening to that? You haven't heard of before? Hmm. You know, I'm not always the best one to ask because as much as I feature on this podcast, <laughs> you're not like I really to it only listen to a you couple. Listen to ours all the time, <laughs> Rachel. I, I do listen to most <laughs> of the episodes of this one, um, but I again, I'm I'm a busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I work and I'm a mom, and then I I assist Pius with different ventures and. I don't. I just don't get out and meet too many podcasts these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would be interesting to hear about. So one of the things that I focus on as an educator, as a community member, is breaking down barriers in communication. There are so many misconceptions huh. that individuals have and that groups of people have about other people or other groups of people. And a lot of it stems from we just don't know what they do. Like right, you aren't friends with somebody. Parents don't know what teachers do. Different. Teachers oh, don't okay, know what okay. administrators do. Yeah, yeah. So on and so forth. I mean, you don't know what landscapers do, even though you think they do. I mean, we just don't know the, the ins and outs and the nitty-gritty of whomever. Yeah. And I would love to have a podcast or hear a podcast, not not me personally host it, don't get ideas. Um, <laughs> you don't want to make that website and advertise it and record it. <laughs> and, and worry about all the editing. No, but yeah. it would be neat if there were a podcast that focused on making those connections between Educational people communities. or gr groups of people, even yeah. expanding it past education. Sure, sure. I mean, I yeah. think that would be a great place to start, though, yeah. That's a good idea. I, I don't know of one like that right now. I don't either. Somebody go start one. There you go. We have lots of podcast ideas. Well, and we have a, a nice listening audience, so I encourage them to get that started. Yes. Tweet us out your ideas. <laughs> yeah. K-12 Engineering. That's our account. Yes. It's an information deluge anytime you come to yeah. South by EDU or South by Southwest. It is. I will say our se other session that we did besides the meetup <sighs> was so much not just an feedback. information deluge, but hey, I'll take my pat on my back. You know, <laughs> I'll pat myself on the back here. We got If you follow feedback. our Twitter, you will see some incredible 
feedback yeah, um, from the participants. People really liked our workshop about designing lessons with uh, Using, insights from improv yeah. and engineering. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I'm an outcome-based person. I want people, if they're coming to experience a presentation or a workshop or an activity that I'm facilitating, I want them to walk out with at least what they expected, if not more or mm -hmm. better. And I want them to be able to use it in a meaningful way Thank right you. away. I, I like that right last part then. especially. Like yeah. Go back to your campus next week and yeah. try this out. Theory is good. I like hearing theory if it's explained in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. But I am all about, okay, so now what can we do with this? Yeah. And I think we did deliver on that. We gave little tools, yes. improv games, and an engineering method, really, to analyze designs. Yes. And in this case, analyze lessons. And I, I'm excited to hear what lesson tweaks or totally new lesson ideas they yes. may have. I got a lot of lesson feedback by the way on how I teach my math class oh my god good for you like I was just thinking back what we did was we basically put ourselves in an extreme worst case scenario testing mm -hmm. like you would do with a car you, you put a car in worst case yeah. scenarios you crash them why don't you go That's ahead we and doing. share with our audience what that is called yeah well our particular method was empathic lead user analysis you can google it and we were basically trying to put ourselves in the shoes of our students we because of the length of time that we had in our two-hour session, <laughs> we these were five-minute mini yeah, lessons. Five minute mini lessons. Yes. What we did was we let our teachers who were in the room, we let the participants be, be the, the judge the of our the, lessons. Yes. Yeah. So, for example, I had a math lesson, a five-minute mm -hmm. math lesson about linear equations because I do this with my students right now, um, with my adult students mm -hmm. in the community college, and I put myself. <laughs> in a worst case scenario, like worst case as in not not bad, but like extenuating circumstances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Extraordinary. So, extraordinary. That's the word that yes. I was using. Extraordinary, extraordinary conditions. Extraordinary, extraordinary users. Yes. And some people had earplugs on to simulate, you know, hearing loss. Some people had uh, blindfolds on, mm -hmm. sleep, masks sleep masks on yep. to simulate, you know, vision loss. I myself have vision problem. Vision problem. <laughs> I could have just taken off my glasses. I didn't mention that. But the whole idea is, like, for me, I don't normally have a lot of students in my class sure. with, you know, hearing loss or these other situations going on. Right. I, I actually You don't do have sometimes. exceptional learners. Right. right. But I don't have half of my class that way. I mean, fortunately, most schools accommodate for that. Yes. So this is definitely, like, a extreme situation. And you know what? It was really harrowing. Even though I knew what I was getting into, <laughs> I assigned my participants exactly. these different situations. And I knew this lesson. Even with all those things going into it, even though I knew that, it was extreme testing. I learned that my voice doesn't carry the way it should. <laughs> I have to remember to look at people when I talk to them. Good. I don't know. What did you think about your, your physics lesson that you did? Um, it was... It, Chemistry physics sim lesson. Yeah, it was, it, it was a density column, for those of you who are familiar with... Uh, density columns. Hey, yo. Shout out to So it was just, um, you know, oil and water and alcohol and, and looking at the separation of the layers and talking about why different substances float on each other the way they do. Um, the feedback I got was that it was particularly useful when I, for the, the students or the mock students who uh, were simulating vision loss, um, one of the things that I suggested, so I asked someone else to describe what they saw. 
they, someone was speaking about yes, okay, another okay. student was explaining to the group the of students the, the to yeah loss, to the, the to the entire loss. group right yeah. oh cool and then the other yeah, uh, the other sense. piece of feedback that I got was similarly to you even though I I do my voice does actually carry well <laughs> that um, the students who had earplugs in mm. noticed a distinct difference when I would look directly at them and speak versus when I would turn away and speak to the whole group. So yeah, similar, similar feedback that it's, um, some of those minor details can really improve the lesson, not only for the exceptional learner, but for the entire Mm. group of students. And I think people really saw that there was so much good, discussion i feel like oh absolutely some people said what you just said how how universal design is good for everyone not Mm -hmm. just that particular person some people said that they now better understood maybe the fears that some of their students might have if they don't understand something that was a powerful piece to me yeah that yeah because it's hard to imagine that light bulb went on like okay you know what i never had thought about it from my students perspective yeah except Again, theoretically, what we learn right. in teacher professional right. theoretical development. Thing. And this is what I love about pairing our activities the way we did. We did that empathic lead user analysis engineering activity that's mm-hmm. been researched at the University of Texas Mechanical Engineering Department and other places. And we did it with all these improv games yes. with our trainer, Omar Dove. He, he ran uh, a bunch of improv games to help think about lessons with innovation, with creativity in mind. Mm-hmm. But like that idea of empathy is so important for both improv and engineering. We had our whole podcast episode about this like yeah. two years ago or something. I think so. Was that <laughs> season one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, this, is, this must have been before our fir- other South By. <laughs> but it just goes to show, it, it confirms for me the power of of empathy like in improv they always tell you yeah you have to try and imagine what it's like to be mm-hmm. someone else and it's hard it's hard to imagine how to be someone else yeah. when you're on stage in real life and this I mean yeah putting earplugs in is not like we're not trivializing what it means to have hearing no, loss and, that, and but, we did discuss that right we did discuss that but it gets us closer you know, and I think getting closer, as long as you don't just give up and throw your hands in the air and be like, oh, I can never understand I can this. Never, yeah. mm-hmm. But like, it's cool to try it. And we can continue to do that, not just for students with hearing loss, but there were so many suggestions, so many great ideas of who really are our lead users yes. that we forget about sometimes. Yep. And I was just thinking that, so whichever audience member it is who is going to go out and create this communications podcast empathy really really ties mm. into that they can have their whole episode on empathy they could just do yeah. empathy and communication but that's not me that's for someone else to tackle we like to give work <laughs> to other people that's what teachers do so Rachel uh, I think our time is up we'll, okay. we'll cross paths tomorrow we will alright All right. thank you Pius thank you Rachel thank you listeners thank you listeners This was a recording taken on-site at the 2018 South by Southwest EDU Conference and Festival in Austin, Texas, with educator Rachel Farrig and yours truly, engineer Pius Wong. If you'd like to learn about anything you heard in this episode, like empathic lead user analysis or worst-case testing, just check the show notes or the podcast website, k12engineering.net. 
Subscribe to this podcast today so you don't miss anything new. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, the Public Radio Exchange, or any other podcast player platform. If you leave us some reviews, that's fantastic because it'll help others find the show and get others thinking about engineering education some more. On Twitter, tweet the show at K12Engineering. Follow Rachel at rfarig and follow me at Pius Wong. You can also find the K12 Engineering Education podcast on Facebook and on all the other social networks of questionable engineering ethics these days, unfortunately, but that's a great idea for a future episode's discussion. Get transcripts and all the other details on the show at the ever-growing podcast website, k12engineering.net. Our music in the middle of the episode and now in closing is called High School Snaps by Broke for Free used under a Creative Commons attribution license. The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is a production of my independent studio, Pios Labs. You can support Pios Labs with regular contributions by going online to patreon.com slash Labs. You can also send simple one-time contributions by buying us a coffee. Links on how to do that are on the website and in the show notes. Thank you for your support, and thanks for listening.